Now, see, holiday music doesn't have to be necessarily uh, traditional holiday music. We were talking to Glenn Burtnick before about holiday songs. It doesn't have to be traditional to be holiday music or seasonal music or uh, music that evokes a certain uh, time and, and place and spirit for us. For instance, John Coltrane's version of My Favorite Things was a piece of music that I first heard around the holidays at a Christmas party when I was in college in 1966 or something like that. I remember absolutely nothing else about this Christmas party. Uh, because, of course, I was in college at the time, so uh, I tended to uh, overdo it <laughs> when it came time to partying, as, as most of us are wont to do during those years in, in, in our lives. So I don't remember anything else about this Christmas party, except that it was one of those years. It was, it, the whole year was like one of those magical years for me. I've talked about this before. I told you guys, for instance, the, the great story about the, my roommates who gifted me with, a, with a, a Christmas tree that they took off the top of a construction site. I, it's a story. Maybe I'll tell it to you next week on the Christmas Eve show. But it was that same year. It was that same set of friends. It was that same series of parties right around uh, Christmas time in 1966. And that was the first time I heard John Coltrane's My Favorite Things in some drunken, stoned haze, in some stupor at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning. Somewhere in... Uh, it was actually in Midtown Manhattan. It was in um, uh, a friend's parents' penthouse apartment somewhere uh, over on the east side. It was, <laughs> it was a scary and an interesting party. But out of that party came my love for John Coltrane's version of my favorite things. And to this day, when I hear it, I think of the holidays. I think of Christmas. It puts me in that mood. It gets me into, uh, into that spirit. It was originally recorded. Uh, it was originally recorded. It was recorded. That version was recorded in 1960, and it's on the album called My Favorite Things. And uh, I think we probably all have music like that, that uh, gets so closely identified, so closely associated with a very specific time and place the first time we hear it or, or some meaningful occasion um, during which it happens to be the background music. Well, I would venture to guess that, it, that if I asked my, uh, my next guest, who I'm about to welcome to uh, Idiot's Delight, Jeff Buckley, if he had a piece of music like that, that whenever he hears it takes him back to a very specific time and place, he might have an answer. Or then again, he might not. But let me welcome Jeff Buckley to uh, Idiot's Delight. Hello there, Vin. Hey, it's nice to finally have you here. We've tried for uh, a while now during this past year, and I think it's appropriate because um, a couple of times uh, connections got crossed or you were out of the country, delayed somewhere, I think, the last time you were supposed to be here and couldn't get back in time. Touring. I think you were in Japan or someplace like that. Mm -hmm. um, it is appropriate that you are, on this night, the last guest of Idiot's Delight for 1995. The final idiot. Yeah, you are, man. The final idiot, Jeff Buckley. Welcome to the show. <laughs> T-shirts made immediately. There you go. Um, you have a piece of music like that, that that just, it is so indelibly impressed on a particular place, spirit, time, person, memory, you know, that no matter when you hear it or no matter what the, the, the circumstances are now, you're just torn back through time to that other place. Yeah, well, you know, most all of them, Any, anything that I deem as a, a loved song, but that's the way it happens to people. Yeah, the, I mean that that situation you're talking about there, that's that's mostly how people get turned on to music. It, it it's supposed to be at a certain time and place, yeah. or a, you know, childhood or a, you know, a breakup or a marriage or a depressing Easter vacation or you know something. Yeah. And those are the songs, those are the important songs. Or driving on the road. Yeah, sure. Or late, just hanging out late at night, you know. Yeah. Uh, all the lights are out and everybody else is asleep and you're the only one awake and you're listening to the radio and some song comes on and just connects, just hits you in a certain way. Yeah. That's, that's just the way it happens. Yeah. Everybody, everybody in this building is like that. Yeah. Hey, let's do... Um, there's, there's so many things I want to I want to like do with you. <laughs> I want to have you. I want to have. Yeah. Well, now that was no. That was a. That was a. I speak to you in my capacity as a, 
as uh, the, an elder statesman of uh, New York uh, Freeform Radio here, and, and, and also as a, as a saint. I mentioned to you before about the Universal Life Church, mm-hmm. right? Uh, off the air, I was talking to uh, uh, Jeff Buckley about that. And I am, in fact, a, a saint in the Universal Life Church. I have my certificate. I am saint. How do you ben- achieve that? Um, Jane- do you have any scars? No, something? no, no. No scars. No scars. I was nominated for sainthood by James Mastro from... Uh, the Health and Happiness Show mm-hmm. and from the bongos, right? Because uh, I've always been... Uh, James has felt that I've always been kind to musicians. And for that, he considers me a saint. A and so, so here's what you do. Universal Life Church, mm-hmm. which James is a minister in. Wow. Uh, you just write away to them and uh, you, you write a letter about the person who you think should be a saint. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you send them a $5 contribution. And you get back a, you get back a certificate. Naming that person a saint, it's signed by the head of the church and everything. And awesome. it, it gives your date and all that. And now, as a saint, um, you can do all kinds of cool things. I mean, like you can intercede for people. Um, intercede in what, what, what well, like situation? In, in, uh, you know, in, uh, in, in prayer-like situations, you know? Like you can be sort of like a go-between. You know, like I, I've actually had people come to me and say... Um, a go between uh, between uh, me and the and the this, I mean this them plane and the, the next? yeah and the, and the powers that be fate the forces whatever God I mean whatever five you wanna, bucks whatever I'm you want to call man. it five, right <laughs> I mean you just have but to I'm doing all this t- I've been like working this <laughs> music thing I need is five bucks and you can be a letter from Ma really <laughs> dang now listen not only now here I could actually I could give you your choice now dig this. I got this. I got all this stuff. I got the papers, mm. man. Hmm. In the Universal Life Church, here are some of the special titles that are currently being offered. I have the latest information. For for a given number of dollars and a, and a nice letter, not only sort of traditional religious titles like bishop, monsignor, <laughs> cardinal, <laughs> but dig this: lama, yeah, guru, mm-hmm. colonel. Yeah. Um, friar, Brahmin, Bible historian. A Brahmin? Brahmin. You could be a Brahmin. That's in impossible. The you have to be born a Brahmin. Well, I don't. But you could be an honorary Brahmin, I guess, maybe. Really? Don't you think? They offer it. Swami. Mm-hmm. Um, elder. Elder. Uh, high priestess. Prophet. So druid. 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 You could be a druid. You could be a druid in the Universal Life is Church. Is there a janitor on there? Uh, janitor is not here, mm-hmm. but uh, wizard. Angel, teller. Mm-hmm. What do you suppose a teller is? Um, Person at the bank who takes your money, I guess. But, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, or or here's, here's one of my favorites. You could be a goddess. A goddess. I'd love to be a goddess. Actually. Anybody on your, on your gift-giving list, maybe, who you would like to uh, confer that title on? I can give, I'll give you <laughs> the address. For being my friend, everybody gets same. <laughs> I'll give you the address before you leave. You okay. know? And you can do a, lay a goddess thing on somebody if you want. Let's play some music. Okay. Um, I'm going to let you pick some music, okay? I, uh, you already have that queued up. I have, uh, yeah, you want to change your mind about it? I have some, let's I have, me see, let me see what I picked out. Uh, you picked out, uh. No, no, like the, the other things? Uh, track four. We got, we got, uh, Louis Jordan. Yeah, Louis Jordan. Here's all the other stuff. This is, yeah. And if I play my cards right, I will totally ignore your records. Yeah. Would that be all right with you? Fine. Because <laughs> you must be tired of this record by now, right? It's it, hasn't it been out almost a year? No, Grace. No, no when did it like, come out? Uh, yeah, I guess almost. Yeah, it's almost a year. Almost a year. Uh, came out September, September of '94. Oh, so it's been out over a year. Then. Over a year. Over a year. Mm-hmm. It's an old boy. Wow. See, I, I, my memory was that it came out like in January Mm-mm. of this year. No, it was out actually in the fall of the year before that. Yeah, I think it was out in it was out in Europe, September, and it may it may have hit here in January. Okay. I really don't know. All right, but it's been out for a while, and you have um, you've 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 taken your time, haven't you? I mean, you haven't rushed into uh, recording the follow up album, the, uh, the only, sophomore album, only they, because uh, because of being on the road so long. The, the any real focus material is sort of slow in coming. I'm I'm a real slacker. I'm a real underachiever. In terms in of that. in terms of writing? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And in terms of writing on the road, it's it, I just don't really come up with anything that coalesces because it's just uh-huh. no space. Yeah. There's no time to like really sit and let something happen. 
except mm-hmm. except for probably for me I mean. um, road songs <laughs> there's all those all those yeah, road anyone, songs. Yeah. every band and every guy is written the road, road is song. long and wide <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. sitting here in my motel I'm lonely room, deep yeah. inside yeah, there you go well there you go you got, you got ones yeah there you go what are, what are the ideal circumstances for you for songwriting Home. uh everything but but mostly uh, just living your ordinary life however you do it yeah. and then and having a a season at home, mm. with you know, with, where you can take a look at things and see what they, see where they work and see, you have said a, sort of like a laboratory vibe for them because yeah. they need they're like you know you just they need time to germinate and to to work things out and maybe they they'll, they won't really walk at all. You said an interesting thing just now: living your ordinary life. As opposed to that life on the road, which isn't, which is not an ordinary well, that, life. It's a different that, kind of life. That is part know. of my ordinary life now. Yeah, yeah, but it is. It's quite extraordinary in, in lots of negative and positive ways. So there isn't, um, there isn't this feeling of you're just going to hold off for a, a, a long period of time before that second album for no. other reasons other than just practical reasons. There, the material hasn't uh-huh. come yet. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't. Yeah, hasn't hasn't yeah. really completed. But now I'm. Now's the time just for me to hit it as uh, as hard as I can, because I don't I don't think I want to I, I really don't want to wait. You don't want to wait anymore. Yeah. And, the, and the ideas can't wait. And I feel I feel fertile. I feel fertile. Yeah. All right. Good. Home is I'm New York. Child. Home home is New York for you, right? This oh yes. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Is this, did you grow up here? Mm-mm. Where? Uh, brought up most of my life in Southern California. Mm. And maybe a year or two in Willits, California, which is like three hours north of San Francisco. Okay, it's a little further north then. Yeah. But New York's <laughs> been home for a couple of years now. It's been home since '90, yeah. I think, and straight on since '92. Yeah. Did you come here knowing that you wanted to to pursue music as a career, and was it necessary to come to New York in order to do that? I knew I wanted to come here to. I don't to to sort of. Uh, <laughs> not be where I came from. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay. There was sort of a projected. I had a I had a romantic uh, idea about what New York would be, and uh, and it turned out to be true yeah. when I moved over. It, it lived up to those fantasies, huh? Yeah, those and more. Yeah. New York has a nasty habit or a nice, pleasant habit of doing that for the most part. You know, people come here from all over the country and all over the world to pursue whatever their dream is, whatever their their goal is, or maybe not even to pursue something, but just to be here. Yeah. And um, and it's this it's this it's big enough and it's all encompassing enough to embrace just about any dream and any um any any individual desires and goals that plop down in the middle of it. Yeah, because people actually go so insane that they, they actually have to make it real. There you go. And then they, it's it's not like it's not like the way it feels in Los Angeles where it seems to be a lot of talk, a lot of good ideas and sometimes, you know, kind of oatmeal y ideas that don't yeah. really do anything. But people talk a lot. But here people just do it. I just do it. I, I, I've always been fascinated by the stories of different generations um, and their interactions with New York. You know, going back to uh, going back to the beginning of the, of, of the century, and then just sort of following it all the way through. The people who came here in the in the twenties and the thirties, the Bohemian crew, the jo- the John Reeds and people like that who came here um, in in the teens and twenties, and then the Beat era certainly has. Uh, uh, continued to this day to fascinate us with um, all those interesting characters who came to the city to pursue something who knows what and it's gone on ever since it's cool well we're glad you're here and that you're a new yorker jeff buckley yeah I, I, did, it you seems like they all got, came here and got lost and then <laughs> made the best of it and then it was something amazing yeah, yeah. shall we play that uh, that louis jordan yeah you want to change your mind saturday night fish fry yeah should we do it let's okay. do it cool Then you can understand just what I mean. Now all through the week it's quiet as a mouse, but on Saturday night they go from house to house. You don't have to pay the usual admission if you're a cook or a waiter or a good musician. So if you happen to be just passing by, stop in at the Saturday night fish fry. It was rocking. It was rocking. You never see such scuffling and shuffling till the break of dawn. 
a fish to me it was rocking it was rocking you never seen that scuffling and shuffling till the break of dawn it was rocking it was rocking you never seen that scuffling and shuffling till the break of dawn That's uh, Louis Jordan. We went from New York to uh, New Orleans, just like that, man, the magic of radio, and we wound up at one of those Saturday night fish fries here on uh, Idiot's Delight. Here's another interesting town. 
There's another interesting place to go to disappear into something. New Orleans. Have you spent any time in, oh, yeah. in New Orleans? Sure. You ever been down there for Jazz Fest? No. Oh. Purely business. Jazz Fest is... Uh, Jazz Fest is something else. Jazz Fest is a great big music party. That's what they say. Yeah, it's something else. Yeah. I'll, it's hit like it. a, I'll hit it one of these years. Yeah, it's like one of those magical times, you know, where sort of uh, serendipity rules, you mm. know, at Jazz Fest. Uh, especially your first time. Good, you haven't done it yet. Yeah, well. First time, first time at Jazz Fest, you'll turn a corner, and every time you turn a corner, there'll be something else, some other gift for you. Mm -hmm. It'll be like uh, like a little kid, wi eyes wide open at uh, FAO Schwartz around the corner. Mm. That's Jazz Fest in New Orleans. Jeff Buckley is my guest here tonight on Idiot's Delight. We finally connect. We have to pause here for some commercial words. Right. I've, uh, I've let uh, uh, Jeff rummage through my CD collection. I don't let just anybody rummage through my CD collection, oh, okay. friend. So, um, all right. Thank you, Saint Vin. And he's uh, <laughs> he's he's pulled out some stuff, and he's uh, sort of playing DJ here tonight. Does low dough mean no go for some of the people on your Christmas list? One ninety nine a month, twenty four months, no down payment. He's totally payments forty seven seventy six eight ninety three. Do a contract. Sunday's New York Times has details. Hey Jeff, um, yeah. somebody told me you're you're uh, doing something on New Year's Eve. Is that is that uh, yeah? Is that is that public information? Can we talk about it's that? It's in the yeah, it's in the voice. Okay, you're playing where? At Mer Mercury Lounge, and then uh, no, the I don't know who else is on the bill, but it's supposed to be a New Year's Eve extravaganza. All right, you playing with the band? No, solo. Yeah, really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Unless they, you know, bum rush the stage. But. Uh -huh. All right, cool. Mercury Lounge, mm -hmm. New Year's Eve. Uh, one show? Yeah. Yeah. So will you be on pretty much at, at midnight? It'll be no, like no, a, no. I'll be on at 11, I think. Right. But you'll probably still be on stage at midnight. Then. No. No? You'll be on stage by that? No, it'll be a band kicking off. Kicking off the New Year. All right, okay. So you don't have to do that. You don't have to, Rocking like... Rocking the New Year. You don't no, have to, like, just... pop champagne and stuff like that. That's not... Uh, no, I'll, I'll do that manually. <laughs> from the... Okay, good. I see you've picked some uh, MC5 here. Mo, 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 kick out, Kick out the jams, brothers and sisters. This is, Boy. uh... <laughs> Rama lama lama fa fa. Yeah. Fa, Let's play fa, this, man. I haven't played this on the radio in a while. <laughs> Brother Wayne Kramer, Brother Wayne Kramer. After some good times, and a six-pack, bring it back on my phone and tell you, right on your back, you know I got the feeling.
<laughs> MC5 <clears throat> kick out the jams first time the MC5 ever made an appearance on the radio not playing music but just hanging out and talking and stuff was uh, uh, WFMU yeah you know I was in Germany and I uh, met a guy who was talking to me about he knew you yeah. and you guys were in, in the in the station together at, at the on, on the, at the takeover when you had oh yeah and you like closed out the Really? Closed up the, the station and not let anybody we, in. And we like closed just, we closed it down. And we, we, what was we, what was the what was it in protest? Of? Uh, it wasn't. Well, it was just in, sort of in protest of the end of the sixties. <laughs> the sixties were. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was like. See, we were there. We were at that station from sixty seven to sixty nine. Mm-hmm. The fall of sixty nine. Do right? you know who I might be talking about? Um, no, mm-hmm. Germany. I mean, it could be American guy. Yeah, but I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know who. There was only a handful of people that worked there during that period. Like now, there's lots of people who work there who do shows one show a week for a couple hours yeah. or whatever. But when we when we sort of took it over, it was this um, communal '60s hippie political thing, you know. And uh, the '60s were over, and we said that's it. The '60s are over. Like Woodstock happened, and we just decided that it was done. We were done with it. We closed it down. Mm. We barricaded ourselves in for a day or so, and then pulled the plug. But uh, first time they were ever on was at FMU. Uh, Danny Fields yeah. did a did a, a show there with us, mm-hmm. and um, uh, he brought the band out because he worked at Electra Records at the time as well. So uh, hello, Danny. Yeah, you know Danny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the one of the great uh, legendary figures in the, the New York music scene over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool. One of one of my one of my greatest Danny Fields memories was the night that. Uh, these guys knocked on the door of this old building, FMU in East Orange, right? This little ramshackle, tumble-down, three-story building. Mm-hmm. These uh, guys with, like, real... I mean, they were, like, hippies out of central casting, right? Mm-hmm. Danny was on the air. It was, like, a Friday night or something like that. And they were cops. And, and no, there was, no, it was better than that. Four guys knock on the door, and I went down and I answered the door, and... They looked at me and they said, we're the 1910 Fruit Gun Company. Oh, God. And we want to see Danny Fields. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they were trying to change their image. They were bubblegum, you know, one of yeah, the bubblegum yeah. bands, right? And they they knew that Danny was Mr. Hip in the New York business thing and the music business thing. And they wanted to change their image. So, And Danny was excited, man. It was like, the 1910 Fruit Gun Company, you're here? Bring them up. <laughs> Danny loved that kind of stuff. If, any, if anybody could... could uh 
could pervert them into rock. Definitely. I, I think it, it might be Danny. It would be Danny Fields. Jeff Buckley is my guest here on uh, I mean that in the best possible Stone. way. Because yeah. what would I do with a fruit gum company? Really? Um, and so, you lost your flavor. So there we go. MC5. And uh, what else should we do? I'm trying to th- I'm trying to remember what I have queued up. Oh, I have I have this uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins queued up. Yep. So, yeah, tell me about your uh, your affinity for Screaming Jay. Um, was it that screen that got to you? No, just uh, I think it, this is really horrible uh, movie. I forget what it was. I don't. I, I don't. It was like it was like uh, HBO original movie, Hail Hail Rock and Roll. But it was like a total like weird remake, and they they actually had. Screaming Jay come up and do I put a spell on you for the billionth right. time the coffin in the whole yeah. thing yeah. last time I saw Screaming Jay Hawkins was in the was in the these offices of a management office in uh, Los Angeles and he had this big what do you have he had an ashtray in one hand with a lit cigarette in his left hand and in his right hand he had a huge paper bag and I think they were full of uh, you know prescription drugs but like full of it <laughs> Full of them, and like he <laughs> yeah. still had this this shiny process and staring straight ahead and just shuffling through the the, the office while I was waiting to I don't know, get something yeah. taken care of or something. No, just the songs, you okay. know. Just love him. Smell of the fabric, the 
of your simple city dress Grace, of course, so real. And we heard uh, from Screaming Jay Hawkins before that. Alligator wine. There's a wine song on uh, on Grace, um, that song Lilac Wine, which is um, a real old song. There were a couple of old songs on the album, songs that you didn't write. Mm-hmm. That and uh, the Leonard Cohen song, Hallelujah. And, and, uh, I, and Corpus I, Christi Carol. Uh, Corpus Christi Carol, yeah. I, I had heard that that was something that um, after you did it on this album, that was it for for that, you know, for covering other people's songs. Is that is that in fact true, or was that just something maybe at the at the time that you had decided to stop doing it? I mean, is it something that you feel very strongly about uh, performing and or recording other people's music? Just uh, I, don't know, I got I have other interests. Yeah, 
Um, partly did, you know, mostly did La Lack One because I love the song and I thought it would be interesting to have a arrangement for the band to do. Whose who's version of Lilac One did you first? Nina Simone. Nina Simone, yeah. yeah. I haven't heard, I, I've heard Eartha Kitts. I've heard, I still haven't heard the Elgie Brooks. I still haven't heard all the other ones uh-huh. that the writers have said that I've co- lifted it from. But it was, it was Nina Simone. That's the one you lifted it from. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only version that exists for me. Because it's funny, when I, I, I loved playing that when it first came out, and then I heard through uh, the grapevine and, and mutual friends and stuff that uh, uh, you, you were feeling sort of negative about attention being paid to that song over and above perhaps some of the other things, the, the original things on mm. the album. So I, I kind of felt like weird playing it after I heard oh, it. Oh, no, it's just, no I'm, I'm glad that um, if, if the song has, has something for, for the people, then that's terrific. Okay. You know, that's what I meant it for, but... I'm just not interested. Right. right. There's nothing happened. To, well, I also know that uh, covers sort of bring bring people, you know, back to the past and that, that or back to some sort of selective past, and and they may not get to the other songs. And mm. if they don't want to. That's cool. But I'm kind of kind of into the original thing. Okay. I have to pause here. I got to take care of uh, commercial business. Okay. You, you want to sing something for us? Okay. Do something. Let me come back. Okay. Good. <clears throat> You know their name. Beatles. 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 The Beatles. You've heard their music. But you haven't heard everything. 31st, it's Buster Poindexter and his band, She's a Blue. On the 12th of January, Steve Turay and Sanctified Shells. On the 13th, in their own words, a bunch of songwriters sitting around singing, featuring Bobby Braddock. Tish Hinojosa, John Gorka, Yorma Kalkinen, and Joe Carroll Pierce. And, uh, of course, host David Dye. On January 17th, Jeffrey Gaines and uh, Jill Sobule. January 18th, it's an acoustic evening with Yorma Kalkinen. And uh, also Taylor Barton and Generic Blondes. January 19th and 20th, an evening with Loudon Wainwright III. Uh, January 25th, Dar Williams and Eddie from Ohio. And finally, on January 26th, it's required listening, a no-risk evening of discovery, featuring this time around Betty, Brian Dewan, Lowen and Navarro, and host Rita Houston. For more information, you can call the bottom line at 212-228-6300. That's 212-228-6300. 15 West 4th Street in the heart of Greenwich Village. That's where you find the bottom line. This is WXRK, New York. It's 92.3 K-Rock. Idiot's Delight is the name of the show. I'm Vin Skelsa. And we're spending some time tonight with Jeff Buckley. Hey, yeah. Hey. I like that Latin thing you were getting into there. Yeah, that's cool. Too much. Power of su- the, the power of suggestion. There you go. Uh, that that special guest uh, at, at at the bottom line. Yeah. Have you figured it out? Oh yeah. You know who it is? Okay. Sure. That, that should be cool. Christmas time. She's into it. Oh, I'm not supposed to say it's a she or he. I'm not supposed uh-huh. to give the gender. Oh, oh, uh-huh. oh, shoot. Oh, well. Not sure if you're a boy or girl. <laughs> what do you want to do, man? Singing for Christmas. Um, I, haven't sing, I haven't sung for a while, so I'll just do this one.
Experiment. Okay. Experiment in terror. I've been waiting a long time for that like video, it, man. If you boot like this, you're going directly to. It. You're going to you will ejaculate, rubbing alcohol into an eternal lake of fire. Ouch! So don't try it. You're pilfering bastards. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that Lu that Louis Jordan. Yeah. That's for Erwin Tusid. Oh, I know Erwin. Mm, Old man Irwin. Yeah. Yeah, I never knew he was. Well, I never knew he was the cranky old man. Yeah, that's him. We all need an alter ego. Jeff's got his. Uh, My other alter ego. His notebook app. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In which he stores his alter ego. Shit. The alternative rock ego. <laughs> that's a, that's an animal in itself. Well, I can't. Uh, this will probably suck, but who cares? really could suck <laughs> but I am the final idiot so <laughs> oh god okay this is tentatively called uh, woke up in a strange place <clears throat> Yes, and I lied to my heart. 
But it's not, uh, it's not negatively long. Hmm. Wow. Here's those eight minute. Uh... That's some heavy stuff, Jeff. God. I can't, I can't quite hear it yet. It's not, yeah. I need a simple thing. Do you need to hear the, the band arrangement as well? I mean, do you, when you write, no. are you hearing the band? Well, I, I hear it. It's sort of, it's sort of a byproduct of just making a song happen because I automatically hear an uh-huh. arrangement happen. But yeah. no, mostly it's the, the words. And the melody and the whole vibe has to be there, mm. or else you just make up arrangements. I mean, you can tell. Oh, we'll call but these, that these a, come first. It's a work in progress. This is definitely a work in progress. Hey, thank you, thank you for uh, for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Um, and I'm glad we finally got a chance to uh, to get together here on the radio. I have something for you that I don't know if you've ever seen. What is it? I have um I have this other job. Uh-huh. And uh, as a saint, yeah, as a saint. Uh, well, that's not really a job. That's like a, a whole, you know, avocation, right? Yeah. This is a CD magazine that I that I put together um, called Grooves. Uh-huh. That um, you're on one of the more recent issues, and it's probably something that never actually got back to you. But you're on the last. Uh, Why is it? Yeah, you're the last track before the bonus track. Really? That was last goodbye. 
some oh. cool people on that one. It's like um, it's a sampler, but it's not just a sampler because it's mm-hmm. like I pick the music, so the music makes some sense. There's some the segues yeah. make sense, and the relationships between the songs make sense. So you do this every month? Um, every two months. Mm. With um, we do it with Time Life Music. And uh, it's the only contemporary project that they have. Mm. And uh, it's subscription only. It's not available in stores. Oh. And it goes out to about, uh, right now, about 30,000 subscribers. Mm. So uh, it's a pretty cool thing. And I'm glad you were on it. Well, thank you. And I'm sure, I, I know it never got back to you, so. Yeah, now no, it's, never seen this before. Now it's life. getting back to you. And, uh, and there's your copy of it, okay? Jeff Buckley. Hey. Somebody tells me you have an appointment to talk with some people in Australia yeah, very soon. That old Aussie thing. <laughs> You're going to Australia. In February. Uh, in February. With the band? Yeah. And then when when are the recording plans? Then later in the spring? or? That's my desire. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I want to bring some raw things over to Australia and work them into the show and uh, road them out, mm-hmm. so to speak. And then when we come back, we'll see what we can do. It's oh. shaping up shaping up really interesting. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how pe- this will hit people, but hopefully they'll just empty their minds out. Like... Uh, like yours truly the new music <laughs> all right yeah oh, oh. Okay. so hopefully we'll have that to uh to look forward to in you figure in 96 i mean do you anticipate that it's going to take if months it takes and months any and longer months? you find me swinging from a noose all right <laughs> okay jeff buckley um best wishes for uh happy and uh, peaceful holiday and you too and everybody okay. else out right. in new york city cool. keep warm you poor popsicles the song that I chose to put on Grooves was um, Last Goodbye, so I'll, I, I'll play that now as I send you off to uh, speak on the phone to Australia. Okay. Terrific. Okay. Thanks Jeff. a lot. Take care, man. Just do this and then I'll go 